Welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship, and why it is vital in our world today. I'm your host, Alex Wilgus, and I am here, as always, with Father Stephen Gauthier. Welcome back, Father Stephen. Oh, great to be back, Alex. Father Stephen is the canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America, and he is Director of Formation at St. Paul's House of Formation in the Greenhouse Movement. Father Stephen, today let's talk about another unfamiliar day in the uh, Book of Common Prayer. We've already done an episode on Ember Days, these uh, special days of prayer and fasting, but there's also Rogation Days. You know, you'll see them sometimes listed under certain collects or prayers. Uh, if you look in the Sunday lectionary, certain Sundays will be la- labeled Rogation Sundays. Um, you'll find instructions for what to do on rogation days throughout the Book of Common Prayer. So um, two questions. What exactly are rogation days and how are they different from ember days? Okay, that's a really good point because we normally talk about them in the same breath virtually, you know, ember days and rogation days. But after all, they are different terms and there's a difference. There are some things they have in common, some things that are different. So let's quickly review ember days and then make some comparisons. We said ember days basically are the mark the change of seasons. Right. Okay. And so what we have here, and that probably ember comes from a from a mispronunciation of Latin tempora. Ember, you like that? Tempora, mm-hmm. which means season. A tempus is a season in Latin. Hmm. Let's forget where time from. And so we said that there the Romans traditionally would observe the turning of the four seasons. Right. And so what would happen was that we ended up doing that. Uh, for the four seasons, we call them Ember Days. And what we do is we take a Wednesday, a Friday, and a Saturday. And why we would do that, by the way, is why Wednesday and Friday? Because they were days of fasting. Right. And traditionally, Christians would fast on Wednesday, which is traditionally the day that Jesus was betrayed by Judas. I see. And uh, Friday was the day of the Lord's crucifixion. And then Saturday, uh, because frankly, then you led into the 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 end of it, you know, because which is actually often with ordination. So Ember Days came to be associated with ordinations four time of year ordinations. And in the spring, it would be the week of the, uh, the fall of the first Sunday of Lent. So after the first Sunday of Lent, the first week of Lent, the Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday would be, would be Ember Days. Yeah. Okay, and what you would do is you would fast during those days. Okay, and uh, summer, you would have uh, the week following Pentecost. And right after Pentecost, which is the end of the Easter season, guess what? You know, and that, you know that's the summer, the beginning of summer. So that'd be the official mark of you know the Ember Days for summer. Fall would be after the Feast of the Holy Cross on September 14th. So the week following the Feast of the Holy Cross would mark fall. And then winter would be the Feast of St. Lucy on December 13th would mark the uh, the week following that would be the Ember Days for winter. So summer, spring, summer, fall, and winter. Again, traditionally associated with ordinations and fasting and preparing for that, praying for vocations. Got it. So those are Ember Days. So, so let's talk about rogation. Rogation days are similar in their three days, okay, but the difference is they only occur once, and they're not seasonal. They occur a single time during the year, and they're the three days immediately preceding Ascension Thursday. Hmm. Remember, Ascension Thursday is 40 days after Easter. So what we're saying here is that, um, you know, that basically uh, right after the, the, right before the Ascension on Thursday, the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So instead of Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The first three days before Ascension is you have these days called Rogation Days. Okay. 
So what was special about these uh, similarities where there were three days of fasting and prayer, but one of the different, uh, you know, it's before the feast instead of after it, but a special thing is they'd have a procession. That's where the word rogation comes from. The Latin word for to ask something is rogare. Like an interrogation, when you ask each other questions, it's an interrogation, inter, you know, questions between people is interrogation yeah, in Latin. Yeah. So a rogation days, we're not asking back, back and forth, we're asking God for something. Okay. And so traditionally they would have prayers for the, through the fields at that time. Mm. Prayers through the field. And uh, typically this procession would take place on the Sunday afternoon. That's what they call the rogation Sunday. Even though it's technically you don't fast on a Sunday. But they typically would have the prayer, they would have the, they would have the big procession on the Sunday. Got it. Okay. And then you would have the three days of fasting afterwards. Okay. And it comes from France in the fifth century. And the idea of rogation days, originally what they did in, in Gaul, which later became France, is when you had something or you're being invaded or something, you'd have special processions, you know, to try to, you know, as a time of just getting together for prayer. Mm-hmm. And you walk through and asking God, we need help. Right. You, know, you go in a procession and pray during this procession. It's like some of us, you know, go into a new neighborhood, we're going to plant a church or something, we want to pray for the neighborhood. Yeah, do like a prayer walk kind of thing. Like a prayer walk, right. It was actually basically a prayer walk that people would do in times of stress and things. And so this came to be, it came to England and the English uh, associated with the field planting. So in France, it was general for just all sorts of stuff. But for England, it came to be, and what they do is they make a procession around the boundaries of the parish. Hmm. Like a giant hike, you know, parishes had boundaries. You know, here's where one parish ends and another begins. Yeah. They'd walk around the parish uh, boundaries. And I'm trying to think there's a term they used for that. It was called, oh, beating the bounds. Uh, I see. That, in the, in the first word, they called beating the bounds. It means you just walk around the entire boundaries of the, um, you know, of the parish with this procession. And the parish, and, again, we're, that's not the church grounds that's the region that the church serves right a church serves a given region so a church you know and and the entire diocese was broken into geographical units called parishes yeah and it'd be your geographical units to it was so important in some in some parts of europe that for example to this day if you go to louisiana instead of counties they call them parishes that's right that's right yeah (laughs) yeah so a parish was a unit and so in England, it was completely with planting fields. But in America, in the Anglicanism in America, you know, we also had industry was very important to us and things. So we basically associated with both agriculture and industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a, it's a special prayer for, for, for God's help in these like times of, of, of transition, basically. Or praying for his favor in a very special way. It came up from the French was largely a matter of, you know, we have a special crisis or something, you know, bugs are invading the fields or what have you. Yeah. Uh, or especially invaders and things. You'd have processions. That's what they would do. But there's the one that they did in spring that people really got into, you know, with the fields, going through the fields before you do the planting. Yeah. That's yeah. the one the English really said, hey, the idea of sort of dedicating the crop to God. Right. You know, going through the fields to specifically dedicate the yeah. crop to God. Yeah. In the planting about to happen. Yeah, the English were probably the ones that the, the probably the invaders, the French were, were, were praying about, right? I mean, is that typically? No, most of us, we had like Attila the Hun in okay, Paris yeah. with St. Uh, Genevieve and things. Attila wasn't English. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about the processions themselves. What do you find in them? 
Well, the outdoor tradition was an outdoor procession, and they typically sang hymns and psalms and canticles and anthems, and they would stop periodically for Bible readings and prayers. Mm. So it's very neat. You go around and you'd be singing as you go around, okay, psalms and hymns and things and anthems, and then you'd stop uh, periodically for Bible reading and for prayer. Nice. And you just make the bounds that way. You sort of, you know, like going around and sanctifying. You hit this whole area asking mm-hmm. God's favor on it. And then they would, um, they would typically add uh, three additional petitions to the great living. One of the things you do is you entered the church. Okay, so you go out in these fields. But when you came into the church is where things happen. We have something called the great litany. Yes. Okay, and the great litany is we'd add three additional petitions after the third position, petition. So the first petition was, that it may please you to grant favorable weather, temperate rain, and fruitful seasons, that there may be food and drink for all your creation. Then they had that it may please you to bless the lands and the waters and all who work upon them, to bring forth food and all things needful for your people. And then the third would be that it may please you to look with favor on all those who care for the earth, the water and the air, that the riches of your creation may abound from age to age. Hmm. Hmm. Now, if you have an indoor procession, you just forget the other stuff and you just go right straight to the Great Litany and add those three petitions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that it's that it's that Great Litany just with a, a couple of things added onto it, basically. Yeah. Uh, so that's you know it's one of those things. You know, people very often are looking for things authentically in our tradition that might be good for reviving. Yeah. And so the idea, especially in rural areas, of dedicating the next year's work in yeah. a very special way. The next year's uh, season to God seems a beautiful thing that has a very, very long history. It's from the 5th century. Uh, that is a nice thing to revive. And it's also, I think, maybe in in modern times like we have, where we don't always... Uh, everything is so automated and, and kind of systemically taken care of, uh, food and things. We, we can almost kind of forget that this stuff is produced uh, from the earth and from people and that it depends on God's favor at the end of the day. We, it, a lot of our kind of, uh, the, the stuff of our life and goods and services and things can se- seem very automatic and we can just kind of, you know, take them for granted. It might be a- right. Exactly. The idea we want to sanctify, yeah. you know, we don't, one of the things as Christians, we don't separate between the holy and the common, you know, Christ is sanctified. You know, we bring everything we, we touch, you know, like everything Christ touches changes. Yeah, I've got to say the 2019 uh, prayer book, for example, has a beautiful preface. You know, that's the special prayer we have between the Holy, Holy, Holy before the Holy, Holy, Holy mm-hmm. that we that we add, and it says we add. You know, where we the prayer starts is truly right and just. You know, to etc. We say because the wonders of your creation reflect your goodness and beauty, and your gifts of sun and rain, seed time and harvest manifest your constant love and care for all that you have made. Mm-hmm. And we have a special collect. It says, O God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain the promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Yeah. Now in the 79 prayer book, they had three separate collects. They had one for fruitful seasons, if you're agricultural, one for commerce and industry, and one sort of for being good stewards of creation. So I'd like to share those. The one on fruitful season says, Almighty God, Lord of heaven and earth, we humbly pray that your gracious providence may give and preserve for our use the harvests of the land and of the seas and may prosper all who labor to gather them. Mm. 
Then for commerce and industry, we have Almighty God, whose Son, Jesus Christ, in his earthly life shared our toil and hallowed our labor. Be present with your people where they work. Make those who carry on the industries and commerce of this land responsive to your will. Give to all of us a pride in what we do and a just return for our labor. And then the one about being good stewards of creation. Oh, merciful Creator, your hand is open wide to satisfy the needs of every living creature. Make us always thankful for your loving providence and grant that we, remembering the account we must one day give, may be faithful stewards of your good gifts. Mm-hmm. So it's a wonderful way to, on that Sunday, you know, preceding Ascension, you know, the, third, the sixth Sunday of Easter, is to, you know, to actually use that as a time for a, a special, you know, procession or something, just going outside for that matter, outside the building or something and coming back in. It's a wonderful way to dedicate, yeah. you know, that of what we do. Uh, again, we expanded them. Like in the United States, we talk about agriculture, about fishing industry, as you saw from that. And also, the uh, the 1979 prayer book permitted them even to be used at a more appropriate time in a region if you have a particular type of thing, maybe the fishing season, mm-hmm. <laughs> that maybe you could even move them. I'm sure. not recommending, but that was actually considered as one possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we talk a lot about you know, getting the church outside of the four walls of the sanctuary or whatever. I mean, if you're looking for a, if you're looking for a reason, this this might be a good place to start. That's for sure. And uh, asking our neighbors to come join with us. Yeah. You know, in celebrating something like this, uh, you know, traditionally it's rites of passage. You know, traditional things that your community often would bring people into the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, more into active life in the community. Great. You know, some people try to do this with things like blessings on St. Francis Day, which I'm not, uh, you know, not recommending here or something. <laughs> but I mean, this is very authentic. This is part, and it's not, you know, it's connected with just basking God, you know, at the beginning of saying, we want to put all this work we're about to do in your hands. Yeah. We want to sanctify it and honor you with it. I don't, to me, that's a really good thought. Mm-hmm. Having a time we actually stop and say, hey, this, we're beginning the new year of our work. Thanks so much, Father Stephen. Thank you for listening to Word and Table. We'll be back again next week for more on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship. Thanks for listening.